This is the Brew World Order Podcast. Welcome to the Brew World Order Podcast. I'm Mike Curtin. If you haven't subscribed yet, you should definitely do it. I mean, come on now. This is episode number 38, and in this episode, I sit down with John Petray of Phantom Brewing Company in Hartford, Connecticut. John talks to me about how challenging the production side of things can be, how he had to convince seven businesses to shut off their electric for a whole day, and how they came up with the name for Phantom Brewing. Well, it turns out it comes from an old folklore in Connecticut about a flying ship. I'm starting to wonder about this ship. Is this the same old wooden ship named Diversity? Because if so, I'm coming aboard. Kicking up my feet, opening a beer, and checking out this podcast. And I hope you do the same. Hey guys, I'm Mike Curtin. This is the Brew World Order Podcast. And today I'm with John Petray of Phantom Brewing Company in Hartford, Connecticut. Back in 2012, Bo Cosio bought Beer and Winemakers Warehouse in Hartford, Connecticut. Around the same time, John Petray started to get into homebrewing. Bo had had many years' experience with homebrewing and even helped some local breweries during their startups. John visited Bo's shop one day to pick up some things he had needed for a brew day, and while John was there, the two got to talking and quickly became friends. Over time, John continued to homebrew and even entered some homebrew competitions. When John and Bo would get together at Bo's shop, Bo would throw some ideas back and forth as they sipped and critiqued their latest creations. At some point, they decided to make that daydream of owning a brewery into reality, and that started their journey towards opening Phantom Brewing Company. They officially opened their doors to the public in April of 2020. And John Petray is here with me today. John, how's it going? Hey, how are you? It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you, man. Thanks for being here. Um, so, quick question. Uh, where did you come up with the name Phantom from? Uh, well, it's actually a Connecticut folktale um, about a phantom ship that left the New Haven Harbor. Um in the 1600s, it's a kind of a folklore story, and uh, it was full of people and and good, and it was sailing for England, I believe, and there was a um, huge storm, and it mysteriously disappeared, and people thought they saw the ship flying around in the sky, actually, the ship never returned, so they called it the Phantom Ship of the New Haven Harbor. Um, it kind of goes along with the folklore or the folktale about the Sea Hag from New England Brewing Company. So the Sea Hag apparently haunts the New Haven Harbor to this day, and that's why they named uh, one of their most famous beers that. Uh, so we decided to take the, the ship part off of it and just become Phantom Brewing, and we kind of branded a logo and a ghost to go along with it. So that's kind of how we came up originally with the name from a Connecticut folktale. Very cool. And uh, I know you said you opened your doors in uh, April of 2020. Now, I know there was like a, a buildup before that years prior um, that you guys decided to do this. But what was yeah, it? We were talking for a couple of years about it. Right. And, uh, you know, kind of getting the funds and the information together. Right. So. so what was it like to actually open your doors during the pretty much height of the pandemic? <laughs> it's insane, man. Yeah. Um, we, uh, it'll be a great story to tell, and it always is. I'm sure, we, I'm sure. To go, to go only for a month, you know, before they started 
letting us have people outside only. Uh, we, we opened with a line of cars, you know, 100 cars deep, and we were just, uh, you know, putting them in people's trunks, but we were filling crawlers, uh, 32-ounce crawler cans, and um, we were taking online orders, so we were having free sales and selling out. Uh, in the beginning, it was really intense for a little bit there. It was thousands and thousands of crawlers for the first month. And, um, then kind of things kind of chilled out, but it was a little bit of a whirlwind. We were spending a lot of our nights, you know, filling crawlers and stocking the fridges and then, uh, fulfilling orders. You know, it was, it was a, it was a great operation. We had a fan, a bunch of family helping out and, uh, my kids were in there too. And, you know, helping us package everything up, and it was great. It was a great response. It really kind of kicked us off. It propelled us off into a, a great start. So uh, it it could have been obviously better. It's tough to keep momentum up in a pandemic, but uh, we uh, we eventually got the tab room open with uh, tables spread out. We can we can hold about thirty five people in there, and about another twenty five outside, just because we're a smaller space. Um, and, uh, basically with everybody spaced out. So, you know, we ended up, uh, it was, we've been following a lot of restrictions and, uh, uh, distancing and, and rules and, you know, and things like that. And it's, it's been, uh, it's been crazy. <laughs> it's yeah. It's been awesome though. I can imagine. We're living the dream, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely got to be innovative in these times. Um, so, uh, what was that like aha moment for you and Bo when you finally decided like, yeah, let's, let's go for this. Uh, it came down to funding really. Uh, just, there's just two of us partners, 50, 50. So just putting together our, uh, our money, um, what really decided to make us go was, uh, a, we were going to start much smaller than we did, but a brew system, a local brew system became available that we really had to jump on, um, to give us seven barrel capacity. So we were, we said, Hey man, let's do it. Um, we can, we have an opportunity to get a a system locally and save on shipping costs and, and brand new costs. You know, we were buying secondhand and we knew these guys pretty well. It was really the perfect storm, uh, and then we we just had to buy a couple fermenters after that, right? And you know, it really it kind of came together when we found that brew system. We just started remodeling the place right away, and, and we tore the whole place up. And we kind of have the we have the homebrew shop, and now like a side and a corner of it, and the brewery is kind of in the middle, and our tap rooms in the front. So we we had to do a ton of work on the space. We rent that space in the building we're in and uh, get the drains put in and everything like that. And then uh, electrical and a lot of inspections and things like that. And then we were able to get going. But, yeah, it was really that brew system that came at the right time when we were looking for one. And that was like, boom, let's go. <laughs> right. The kick, to kind of like the Kickstarter to get it going. That, that was in June 2019. Right. And that's when we aired everything up. And... Um, we had already applied for our TTP license and, and things like that at that point. Right. Um, but that kind of propelled things into high gear. So during that whole process of like from the start of, of realizing like, yeah, we're going to do, do this to the point where you open your doors. 
What was like the most challenging thing for either you alone or, or both of you together? Uh, the biggest challenges were the construction. Um, you know, the accounting and the paperwork and the, and the processes. We had a lot of guidance from area breweries and friends and the industry. Like, here's what you got to do. Here's the steps. We talked to a few lawyers and, you know, we really, for that end of it, you know, but man, the construction roadblocks, just working with our space and, and, and tearing it all up and getting into the floor and getting into the electrical. And, and we had to have a power company come out and change the transformer for the entire building. So we had to shut down like seven businesses for a half a day Jesus. that were multi-million dollar businesses. So we had to go over and we had to convince these guys to shut down for right. electrically for a whole day. Right. And, uh, that, that was brought in a massive generator. We switched everything over. It was really the, a blessing that everyone in the building kind of was able to work with us and uh, allow us to do that. But I would say that the construction was really just intense. You right. know, there was two of us plus buddies plus professionals trying to coordinate timing and everything and working together. So I think the biggest hurdle is, you know, Who's going to build it? <laughs> and what are the roadblocks to the, the space you're in? You know? Right. Yeah. Um, it was a blow finding out our electrical was, was not up to, to par because we had three phase electric in there and didn't realize that that only came with a certain amount of wattage and amperage because of the pole, because of the transformer at the pole. Gotcha. So, just adding that transformer and waiting on them and badgering the power company and trying to get on their schedule was, it took six months to get on their schedule. And that really was like, once that switchover happened, we were, all, we finished everything out and basically electrically was it. You know, as soon as that thing was able to get, uh, that power box for our brew system was able to get plugged in, we were ready to go. And that, that took the longest. Gotcha. So where did you guys go about finding the capital to fund your business? Uh, capital, uh, I put my home, I'm, this is a family business. I put up my home. Um, Bo put, Bo's, we just did loans, man. We did, uh, home equity loans and, uh, there was no business, there's no business loans. It's all just our personal property and, you know, that's, it, it was a big risk trying to convince our family to, to right. go for it, you know? Yeah. Um, we, doing it, most of the work ourselves with some friends that we know, plumbers and electricians and professionals that were able to, were able to barter the work. And I think we saved, you know, tons of money just doing it all ourselves. But no, the capital all came from us, middle class. You know, not not rich at all. Just really, really uh, putting in the extra hours and the sweat, and you know, you know, right? I, I'm just we're just paying off, you know, you know, loans, personal loans for this thing. So. Right, right. So basically, yeah. a lot's on the line. So basically, it's got it's got to work. That's it. It's got to work, man. It's got to work. That's it. <laughs> oh. Um. I'm a teacher, actually. So I'm a teacher and Bo has the store. So the homebrew shop, you know, and his, his wife is a professor. So, you know, there's, there's household income, 
you know, my wife works right. as well. So, that, like, I teach, I'm a phys ed teacher locally, and I'm doing this on nights and weekends. And he's running, like, a lot of the daily, you know, he gets the days started and I finish the days, and whether it's brewing or, or working in the tap room or whatever. Um, there's just, like, a few of us working this whole operation. So. Right. So speaking of, of speaking of making it making it work, what do you think is a quality that you have that makes you a good business owner? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I question. Uh, you, you always question yourself and your decisions and, and the, the routes you decide to go. And I just think putting my head down and, and committing, and you know, willing to do the physical labor, willing to do mentally just power through when you're working on no sleep and you're trying to manage your family and you're you know i'm proud of the fact that i just i have a good hard work ethic right and uh, can multitask you know and just uh i'm working when i'm home I'm, I'm on my computer when i'm with my family i'm on doing socials social media and um and so and then as, in addition to all the work it's just I would say just being organized, you know, we're, we're pretty organized. Right. And, uh, we, we're, you know, we're, we're just like you, everyone else. I don't think there's anything special. It's just a willingness, a willingness to, to master your craft as well as sell it in the most unique and, and, and innovative way to sell right. your product, you know. So that's really where we, we try to, Excel, you know. So. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, uh, besides the whole COVID situation, because obviously that's that's been huge. Um, what do you think's been one of the hardest adjustments you've had to make since opening your doors? Production. Um, how much to produce? How little to produce? Holy crap! That beer sold faster than we thought. Right. Or man, that beer didn't sell at all. Or, like, what? how much should we be producing? I mean, it's friggin' COVID. It's like, one weekend we're slammed, we don't even expect any customers. <laughs> and then the next weekend we're dead and we got food trucks and we're sick. You know, we expect, like, hundreds of customers and we get 50% of that. So right. It's just planning. Production planning is a nightmare. I mean, we're starting to self-distribute in the area, you know. Um, okay. We're trying to get a good balance between a few exclusive places that carry our product and how much we should be keeping in our tap room. Tap room sales are slow everywhere, so everybody's distributing now. Right. Um, so just how much to make, what kind of styles to make, um, uh, where we're going to place our product. Um, the production levels have been quite the challenge. <laughs> right. You know, the biggest one. So, was there uh, any moment for you that kind of stands out that uh, made made you kind of realize like there was a defining moment uh, for you that where things were kind of like going in the right direction, or that have been going in the right direction? Well, no, now when tax is coming through, but <laughs> I think you know when we look at the uh, year end, you know when when we look at the sales year end and. We look at the size of the place we are and what our operating costs are. 
you know, are we, uh, how quickly we've made some money. And so we, we, you know, we're seeing, I'm almost happy that we're not three years old right now because we would most likely be in the middle of an expansion. We would most likely be, have taken out another loan and, and be trying to double our production. We would most likely be in a situation where we're paying to, uh, grow up and, we, you know, we know a lot of our friends that are in that situation that are not, they were expecting this, the revenues and they're not getting the revenues they were expecting. Right. So a lot of projects are on hold. So the defining moment is the fact that we're not out of business and we're putting away a little bit of money and we're gaining capital monthly and, you know, we're, the lights are on, you know, we're, we're not trending in the wrong direction. We're not fading we're not you know we didn't come out with a head of steam and then things faded away we're we're uh we're above water you know so it's like when december 31st came and we did it you know and we're definitely going to make it to a year of operation you know with without going out of business i mean that's a defining moment in the middle of a pandemic right yeah we don't tell ourselves if this is if this is the bottom you know the ceiling, you know, if this is the worst it's going to be, it can only get better from here. <laughs> yeah, fingers, cro- fingers crossed, crossed, right? Yeah. I was mentioning before that uh, Bo had helped num- uh, numerous breweries to get their startup. Uh, was there anybody in the beer industry that has inspired you specifically? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, all of our buddies around here have been just a great resource. You know, we can call anybody and get advice. And and Bo and I take little trips around and visit these, these uh, breweries regularly just to check in with everybody. And we're doing we do a lot of collaborations with them. But you know, I'd say the the folks over at Alvarian Beer Company in New Britain and. The folks at Back East Brewing Company and Bloomfield Hooker, Thomas Hooker Brewing and oh, yeah. Bloomfield. Yeah, and Hog River. Uh, you know, they're all willing. New Park Brewing, they're all willing to, they, they tell us what they do. They tell us where they order from. If we have a question about production or taxes or inventory, like these guys are great. Everybody's family. So um, we have Little House Brewing in Chester, Hop Culture Farm. And Colchester, that we just have some a lot of support, um, and it's we're all kind of here for each other. Um, Alvarium, we borrowed a lot of their equipment. We've been able to, um, you know, if we need something here and there, fitting, uh, measuring device, anything, you know, like everybody's right. willing. You know, it's great. Bottle fillers, canners, you know, things like that. So. Um, it definitely, uh, it's been awesome just to work with the, the Connecticut Brewers Guild, Bill and those guys. So, I mean, really, it, it's great. It's a great network, and we've we've been we've been able to lean on a lot of different people. Right, like a bro- like a brotherhood, so to speak. Yeah, for sure. That's great. For sure. Um, I know things probably been it's you know it's only been it's less than a year uh, since you've been open, but has there been a time where you just need to kind of like a mental break from all this or 
Are you the type of person that just keeps going and you're good good to go no matter what? I'd say, like, it, it's all just the balance. Um, work and family. Uh, we give each other but breaks, Bo and I. You know, mm-hmm. if I can't be there for a day or he can't be there for a day, we, we cover for each other. You know, we have a couple bartenders and we can rely on and things like that. So we... As far as vacations, I mean, not yet, <laughs> but, uh, right, yeah. you know, we'll, uh, we, uh, you know, it's all about balance, you know? Yeah, so for we sure. we do get a chance. It's not overwhelming. We do have the opportunity to take it slow and, and kind of think things through and slow down when we need to. If we need to, hey, we're not going to, let's not release this beer this week. Let's wait another week. Let's take our time. Let's not rush things. Right. Um, so yeah, it does get, I mean, I have two jobs and <laughs> you know, it right. gets to be a lot, but yeah, for I'm sure. sure that I'm confident if I, if I want to go somewhere for a weekend or, or he wants to shoot away for a weekend or a week, even a week, it's, we, we do well, we have a good support group with us. So, um, it's just been awesome. It's great to be in the scene. It's great to be in the industry in Connecticut. Uh, it's rapidly growing and, um, you know, it's really, it's been a, it's been a fun ride for sure. So So what was your gateway beer into the craft world? I mean, way, way back, I I would say like Rogue's Dead Guy. um, Okay. Yeah. Brown Ale. Right. uh, 60 Minute. Dogfish 60 Minutes, those were the beers that were my original uh, love, you know, craft loves. Magic Cat number nine. Right. That beer. Awesome. Um, so, Treehouse, man, that really, when I tasted it, Julius, when I went up there and waited in line, I just thought, like, man. <laughs> yeah, Julius this is. world out there? I yeah. mean, they revolutionized this whole thing. I mean, that, that's the thing we're doing up here in New England. Right. So, yeah. Julius they, is great. That one was really an A's, man. I, A's is my favorite beer. Than yeah, A's. that's a really good one too, for sure. Uh, for sure. I would say once that, once I realized like it's going there, like that peaked me. Like I'm, I'm kind of both like he loves the traditional styles. And he's mastered them, you know. He's mastered the cream ales, the scotch ales, the alts, the browns. The, I mean, he's really a malt master. Right, and then for me, I come in with like the hazy fruity stuff, the hazy stuff, the fruity stuff, the stouts, the adjuncts. I mean, that's what I'm all about. Like <laughs> those kinds of beers. Uh, so it's a good mix, like between the two of us. We have like a diverse uh, base for making these all different kinds of beers. But we really have to make these New England style beers for for the people here. That's what they want. Right. Yeah, and they were really big right and that now. Beer, that beer changed me, man, in 2013 or 12, but whenever I started getting into it, right. uh, when I tasted those beers, I was like, man, I got to do this. I got to make these, and that's when I started, you know, doing a lot of that, tinkering myself. So. Right. So as you were as you were coming up and homebrewing, you say you started around like 2012-ish. Uh, I'm sure you have many years' experience now. Um what is one homebrewing tip that you would want to pass on? Get your water right. 
big time. Get your water tested. Figure out your the alkalinity and figure out your you know figure out your chemicals. Right. And once you balance your water and fix your water wherever you are, well water, city water, uh, get the get the you know once you master water and that, then really you're you're golden. Temperatures temperatures too. You got to control your temperatures. Fermentation, right? Of course. Mash, um, mash temperatures, fermentation temperatures. But get that water, man. Water science, and I don't even know all of it yet. I'm still. We're still learning. I'm still learning. Right. So, Every day. That, uh, Every day a little more, right? Water and temperature. Um, a lot of the other ingredients, there's a lot of different, you know, ingredients you can tinker with as far as quality and where you get them. But no, if you master water and fermentation temps, you're golden. Gotcha. So what's next for your, for your brewery? Uh, what does the future look like? Uh, we're collaborating with area breweries. Those kinds of releases are very exciting. Okay. To come out with different beers with our name and other breweries' names on them. Uh, we love collaborating. Uh, and, you know, we just want to continue to grow in our space, in our area, in Hartford, and really get into the community. And, and once things pick back up and start opening back up, do a lot of community stuff for Hartford, community outreach different things with small businesses in Hartford, Connecticut, because we love this city. Right. Awesome. Um, we can't wait to start doing that kind of stuff, you know, and for our own towns and our own, you know, supporting our own up here in Hartford with the Yard Goats, with the Athletic, with the Wolfpack, with local groups, um, different things like that, and charity work. So that's really what I'm excited about getting into as far as this year's concerned. Gotcha. So uh, if somebody came to you uh, and asked you for advice for opening their own place, their own brewery, what would you tell them? Yeah. Save double the amount of money you think you need. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everything, <laughs> you just don't, there's never enough startup capital. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Uh, Make sure you have more money than what you need. Yeah, like at least twenty percent more. Like, yeah, gotcha. You may run your numbers and price out all your equipment and and price out all your licensing and all your your um, you know you may price all that out the physical stuff, but there's the unforeseen. Um, there's that repair once you dig into the floor. There's the roadblock of bringing in, you know, another major thing once you uncover one thing in your space. And, um, it's, there's, everything's so much money. <laughs> yeah, um, sure is. Get, you know, get, get a lot of clothes if you're hiring and then shop around. If you're, if you're buying your own plumbing and electrical materials, shop around. Right. Um, barter, barter, barter with people. Barter beer, you know. Um, of course. Like, basically, you know, getting, I had so, I had like a group, a core group of friends that would really come through and, um, dig something for me or wheelbarrow a bunch of stuff for me or, you know, the muscle work. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, and it's, our place isn't state of the art. It's, you know, 
it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's good looking. I mean, it's the tap room and everything's real cozy and it's good looking as it can be, but you know, it's not like super high end construction. It's, you know, we're, we're putting beer out there that meets the standards where our, our building is code and standard and we're, uh, we, we love, we're proud that we built it ourselves. We're going to do improvements as we get more capital. We're going to, you know, we have little projects and little things that we will start, you know, updating as we go. Uh, but you can make it work, man. You, you know, you can, you can make it work and, and buy secondhand stuff and, and get, you know, get friends to help you to get other things going that you wouldn't think that, you know, things might appear that they cost more than they really did. Right. You set the beam creative, you know. Um, you gotta, you gotta really shop around for the materials and save money wherever you can. Right. Uh, you know, cold rooms and refrigerators and kegerators and tap rooms and, you know, you just, uh, you gotta really think about your space and your options and, and uh, every dime, every dime counts. <laughs> Lawyers, accountants, insurance, you gotta pay for all that. So, of course. It could be as much as, you know, a piece of equipment in your brewing, so right. you got to account for all that. As well, so yeah, gets expensive, I'm sure. It's not like opening a pizza shop. <laughs> no, no. You're you're engineering, you know. That's yeah. really you're opening a factory, right? <laughs> and you yeah. Gotta think about a lot of different types of things. Yeah, basically. Um. So so much engineering involved and you know I just had a lot of people have people in looking at your space giving you ideas professional that have built you know glycol loops and electrical systems and you know just get their opinions before you start tearing everything up and you know we've had five different people say five different things and five different ways to do things and then we chose one of those ways to do it <laughs> so right. yeah. uh, before you just drop a bunch of money because I, I can't tell you how many of my friends spent fifty grand on something, and they they, they wished they had done a done that project differently. You know, so <laughs> really take the time. You know, understood. Uh, did you happen to have a funny story for us? Yeah, I mean, as far as the brewery goes. Uh, we have a smaller hot liquor tank, so we have a seven barrel hot liquor tank, but we always, when we're in the middle of brewing, we have to keep refilling our hot liquor tank as we brew. And we don't have an, obviously we don't have an alarm on it. So we hit the valve and the water starts flowing in and we get doing a million other things. And I can't tell you how many times we, uh, had to sprint away from a customer or into the back when we start hearing water splashing all over the floor. But, We've uh, we've soaked the brew house floor plenty of times, overflowing the hot liquor tank right. because we forget to turn the valve off. <laughs> so, but that's that's the worst yeah. thing that happens. It's not too bad. So, I have a little segment called Quick Fire Five. Yeah. Uh, five quick five quick questions, beer related. Ready? Sure. Yeah. All right. One of your beers that you would recommend someone try. Uh, the King's IPA, it's our flagship New England IPA. Oh. Um, we 
carefully crafted blend of hops that, and a malt bill that we is nice and clean and smooth, and we're super proud of that one. It's been our best seller. Awesome. Favorite brewery other than your own? I've done a favorite, um, but I'm going to go with my favorite. My favorite people in a brewery is my friends at Alberia Beer Company. I love those guys. Okay. Uh, they have great beer, too. And they, I love them, and I love their beer, and I love their vibe. <laughs> favorite style of beer? Uh, mine's New England IPAs, but I I love lagers, man. I, we uh, so many good lagers um, out there. Right. So I love New England IPAs, but I can't. I only have I only have like a few one here and there, and I I like to drink lagers and uh, alt beers and you know cleaner styles for sure. Right. Last beer that you drank that blew you away? I'm going to go with the Decadent Strawberry Creamsicle. Decadent Ale Strawberry Creamsicle. I would love that beer. Okay. I had it like three years ago, and I haven't had one since. But <laughs> it's just one of those beers you taste and you distinctly remember. <laughs> right. You have one keg of beer to hold you over for a two-week quarantine. What beer are you choosing? Our Hell Yeah Hell is Lager. Um... The one, our in-house lager, I love that beer. So, it's called Hell Yeah, and it's a, a Hellas lager, Munich-style lager, and man, I could just crush that for days and days and days. <laughs> all right. Well, John, that's all I got for you, man. Uh, I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I'm Mike Curtin for the Brew World Order Podcast with John Petray of Phantom Brewing Company in Hartford, Connecticut. Thanks, man. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to my interview with John Petray of Phantom Brewing Company in Hartford, Connecticut. Whether you're passing through, you live in the area, or just visiting a friend nearby, you should definitely check him out. Give him a follow on social media while you're at it. Every other Sunday, I'll be releasing a new episode, so subscribe and you'll never miss one. Also, check us out on social media, because why not? I'm Mike Curtin for the Brew Old Order Podcast. You stay safe out there.